Hello, my lovely ladies and menstruators alike. Welcome to the seventh episode of the She Eats podcast. Today, we are going to cover intermittent fasting for women. Should you be doing it? and the proper ways to be doing intermittent fasting. Before I dive into the episode, I do want to always add the disclaimer that I am not a medical doctor, so please do seek medical advice before starting or stopping any medication or regimen. Now, without further ado, let's dive into this episode because I have gotten a lot of questions revolving intermittent fasting for women as well as what can you do in menopause. One of the populations that intermittent fasting is amazing for is once you are moving into perimenopause and menopause. So we will get to why that matters so much and how that can help. What is intermittent fasting? This has been a buzzword in the media for the last five years or so, and you probably have also heard time-restricted feeding. So intermittent fasting really is once you are getting into those higher 18, 24, 36 hour time ranges, and you've probably also heard time-restricted feeding because scientists keep going back and forth about, is this really intermittent fasting? Um, What's going on here? So intermittent fasting is really when you are getting up into those 18, 24, 36 hours of not eating. And what they're seeing with these massive benefits, once you're getting past that 16 to 18 hour range, is something called mitochondrial turnover. So mitochondria are your energy powerhouses of your cells. And when you fast for that 16 to 18 hours, you start to see your body be better at getting rid of the old mitochondria that aren't working as well and creating new mitochondria that are young and healthy and burning and running that engine super strong. This also helps with cell autophagy. So research has seen a ton of benefits, especially in cancer patients. And that's the same principle with the mitochondria old cell turnover. So we're getting rid of those cells. We're also starving the cancer cells. Oftentimes intermittent fasting goes along with a low carbohydrate diet. So we are starving those cancer cells, which thrive off of sugar and constantly having access to that as well as bringing down inflammation. So just some of the benefits of intermittent fasting Some scientists really like to reserve the terminology of intermittent fasting for that 16 to 18 plus hour window, but having time-restricted feeding of just 12 to 14 hours is also very beneficial to insulin regulation, to bringing down cortisol, to bringing down inflammation, as well as just regulating your calories. And we'll get into why that can kind of be a detriment for some populations. So because this has been such a buzzword in the media, there is also a lot of research coming out on this. And what they are finding is really, really cool. They see fat loss. They see decrease in inflammation, increase in energy, decrease in insulin resistance, which is what leads to type 2 diabetes and PCOS in women. So, so many amazing benefits can come from intermittent fasting. But some things we need to watch out for are disordered eating patterns. If you have any history of restriction, time-restricted feeding, intermittent fasting is probably not for you because it may feed that mentality. So I do recommend if you are going to undertake intermittent fasting, if you feel like that would be something that would be beneficial for you, but you do have a past 
in restrictive behaviors that you work with someone when you undertake intermittent fasting. And this is simply for your own health and your mental health, because I personally understand how that can breed pushing the boundaries and limiting yourself on the amount of calories you are getting and seeing like, oh, well, you know, I made it to 10 o'clock. Let's make it to 12 o'clock and I made it to 12. So let's make it to two. And all of a sudden you're not eating all day. And then that starts happening over and over again. And then you're not getting sufficient calories. And part of the She Eats mission is to help in the toxic dieting culture for women that tells us to restrict calories all the time, eat low calorie. And so if this has been you in the past, I just give you caution in undertaking intermittent fasting if you feel you may fall back into those behaviors or at least not doing it by yourself. Some populations that this is very beneficial for. And so if you are in this population and you have had those restrictive patterns, I do recommend that you work with somebody so that you can get these benefits are women going into menopause or women with insulin resistance like type 2 diabetes or with PCOS because the results are absolutely amazing. There was just a recent study done on 18 women. I think only 15 completed it. So it is difficult to maintain sometimes, but we'll talk about how you can cycle it with your cycle because there are perfect times for you to be doing intermittent fasting and times you should not be doing intermittent fasting as a woman. But they took 18 women with PCOS and they had them do intermittent fasting and the results were amazing. They lost weight. They had a decrease in that visceral fat, which is the fat around your belly, which is the most detrimental fat to your health, as well as they had a decrease in insulin, which is huge. They are on the track to healing their PCOS. And so let's talk about insulin for a second. If you've heard previous episodes, you've heard me talk about blood sugar control and the relationship between cortisol and insulin. When cortisol, your stress hormone is high, your insulin is also going to be high and you're going to be insulin resistant. And when you're insulin resistant, your body is not good at grabbing sugar out of your blood and moving it into your muscles. So instead, you have a bunch of insulin and a bunch of sugar floating around in your blood, causing all sorts of inflammation and just wreaking havoc throughout your body. So with intermittent fasting and proper nutritional conditions, proper sleep is massive here. We can start to bring down cortisol and bring down insulin, which is what is going to lead to that fat loss and to that reduction of fat around the waistline. And this is the exact same thing that is going on in menopause. We talked about how estrogen helps so much with insulin regulation and the processing of our carbs. And so intermittent fasting kind of fills in the gap for the estrogen we are lacking once we're in menopause. So a lot of women get a lot of weight gain around their tummy section when they're going into perimenopause and menopause. So intermittent fasting can help to reduce that and combat some of the negative effects. There is a chain reaction that comes down from oxytocin to cortisol to insulin and then out to your sex hormones. And so another benefit when we are able to bring down cortisol and insulin is the regulation of those different sex hormones. In the women with PCOS, they saw a regulation of their testosterone levels as well. So that was a super, super cool study. And if you want to read that, I will link that in the show notes. So now that we've talked a little bit about what intermittent fasting is and how it can help you. I want to touch on how to do that with your cycle. There's a whole training on that in the She Eats community, which is also linked in the show notes. If you want to know more, we'll do a brief overview and then we will talk about how to properly integrate intermittent fasting into your life. So with your cycle, ladies, 
there is basically two times that you do not want to do intermittent fasting because when you're in a fasted state, your body is not sure if there's going to be more nutrients, what's going on. So there are two particular times throughout the month that your body needs to know that it's safe. So that is leading up to ovulation and right before your period. So those are the times we do not want to utilize intermittent fasting. You want to be feeding your body, letting it know it's safe. And that also correlates with those high carb times, which works out really well because when you're intermittent fasting, the primary goal really is to control insulin. And so when we have our low carb times during our menstrual cycle and during the early luteal phase, this is a great time to institute intermittent fasting. And so let's talk about how you can start to build that in. Because as I mentioned with that study, only 15 of the 18 women finished and because it can be difficult. It is a large undertaking if you're used to waking up first thing in the morning and eating. And so I encourage you not to try to jump to the 16 to 18 hours start to build it in slowly. If you're not already having a 12-hour break from eating, start there and then try to bump it by 30 minutes and then by another 30 minutes until you reach that 16. And you can do every other day fasting. You don't have to do it every single day. And if you're on a vacation and it's not going to work out and you're going to miss that brunch with your family or your friends, then don't go, oh, I'm fasting. Shoot. It's okay. Do it tomorrow. Pick back up on it. There is no end-all be-all because you didn't do it every single day. You will still get the benefits. Just like we talked about in the beliefs episode, that all-or-nothing mentality can really get us into trouble. So build into it. Try every other day and try to cycle it with your cycle. So you're not trying to do it all the time. You're just doing it for a week at a time. Basically, every other week, try to do intermittent fasting every other week, try to do high, low carb is a super simple way to think about it. Next is hydration. Some of you may know that drinking black coffee will not kick you out of your fast. Now, if you put anything in that coffee, it absolutely will, but you get a lot of hydration from your food. So if you're not eating, you're not getting that hydration. So first thing in the morning, waking up, drinking water, if you struggle with hydration, putting some Celtic sea salt in that water will help to give you the electrolytes and the hydration you need. And you'll probably notice a bump in alertness just from that, just from hydrating your brain first thing in the morning. Next is planning your eating window and planning the meal that you are going to break your fast with. Another hormone that we are regulating when we undertake intermittent fasting is our hunger hormone called ghrelin. So ghrelin is going to be spiking at this point. And we do not want ghrelin to stay high, one, we are just going to be hangry. But two, when ghrelin goes up, your metabolism actually slows down a little bit because your body is signaling that it needs more energy. So we don't want to be expending a ton of energy until we get that. So your very first meal that you should be breaking your fast with should be fully satisfying. Don't try to just have a little snack and see how far you can push yourself with as little food as possible. As soon as you're eating, you're breaking that fasting window. So make sure that you are eating to satiety so that we suppress that ghrelin hormone. You also want to make sure that this is a high protein, high fat meal. Again, keeping the carbs low during this time. We don't want a flood of insulin. We don't want a big spike in blood sugar. That's what we're going after with the intermittent fasting is the control of insulin, 
ghrelin, cortisol, so we can decrease inflammation and get that cell autophagy, boost energy, not feel sluggish, start to reverse any metabolic disorder, PCOS, high cortisol, insulin resistance. And so having a high carbohydrate meal is not going to help with that. You're also just going to be super hungry very quickly. So we're kind of negating a lot of the weight loss, stomach fat loss effects we are looking for. So let's do a short review. Intermittent fasting is amazing for anyone with type 2 diabetes, PCOS, menopause, or any form of metabolic disorder, insulin resistance, as well as cancer. But please, if you have cancer and you're doing this, make sure you are seeking medical advice. Intermittent fasting helps to regulate insulin and cortisol, which is then going to help to regulate our estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. It can also increase energy because it's helping with that mitochondrial turnover, giving us some young, youthful powerhouse cells. We do not want to undertake intermittent fasting going into ovulation or right before our next period. You really need to make sure your body knows it is safe and ready to do those beautiful things of creating life. And then when you are undertaking intermittent fasting or starting to institute it, build up to it, try every other day, do it with your cycle, make sure you hydrate and then break that fast with a healthful filling meal that is packed with protein and healthy fats. So ladies, I really hope this helped. I was getting a lot of questions on it and I would love to answer any questions that did not get answered today. So if you do have any, please reach out or go over to the She Eats community and drop a question on the Q&A form pinned at the top of the group. If you are not in the community, it is linked in the show notes as well as other studies that were referenced today. And if you enjoyed this, please like, share, leave a comment and subscribe. And if you know a woman who would benefit from this information, please share it with her. I'm on a mission to help a million women and I cannot do it alone. So please, ladies, help me grow this community. Help me get this information out there so we do not have to be treated like little men anymore. We can eat to fuel our bodies as the unique women we are. I appreciate you so much. And until next time, she lives, she loves, and she eats.